Hello, I'm Alexia, and let me help you to take the fear out of birth with a mix of real-life positive birth stories and birthing experts sharing their wisdom. I'll also be sharing techniques for getting into the fearless birthing mindset. And join the Fearless Mumship community for bonus podcast episodes, access to free birth preparation downloads, and loads more stuff to help you to prepare for a positive birth. Join today at fearfreechildbirth.com. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. This is me, your host, Alexia Leachman, and welcome to episode 205. Now, on today's show, I've got a fabulous birth story to share with you. Today, I'm going to be joined by Lucy HG, and Lucy is going to be sharing with us her primal birth story because, yes, she went all primal on us during the final stages of her birth. It's a fabulous story that's a lesson in patience and just trusting in your body. And it really is a great story for you to listen to. But first of all, I have got some shout outs before we kick in to the main episode. So first of all, I'd like to say hello to Liberty. Liberty and her husband have a toddler and they've just found out that they're pregnant again. And she has been downloading some of the free tools that I give away on the website. If you haven't downloaded any of the free stuff that I give away, then just go to the free stuff page. There's lots there for you to choose from. There are some free chapters for some birthing books. I've got some tools around due dates. I've got some healing exercises to help you get over some stuff. I've got packing lists. There's loads of really great stuff there. Anyway, back to the hellos and then hello to Tora, who's planning on tackling her fears using the free three-part video series. And she sent me her list of fears that she's hoping to work on. So Tora, I wish you all the best in your fear clearance. And remember, if you have any questions, then come and find us in the Fear Free Childbirth Facebook group where you can ask me questions. There are other birthing professionals there that you can also ask questions. That goes for anybody else. In fact, not just Torah. There is the Fear Free Childbirth Facebook group for the podcast. I've had some of my podcast guests stopping in there, doing some free Q&A time where you can ask some questions about the show. But also it's a great opportunity just to put any questions that you have around your pregnancy or birth, because there's a few people that will dive in and answer your questions. And then finally, a big hello to Lexi. Lexi writes to me and tells me, I've heard so many horror stories from friends about their labour experiences, which made me apprehensive and tad terrified. After listening to all of the positive stories on your show, I've actually become excited to give birth and I've become empowered that my body can actually do the things it does. This is fantastic news, Lexi. I am so pleased that I've helped you, that my all my lovely ladies that are sharing their positive stories, that, that doing this is helping you to shift how you feel about birth. And I'm sure that today's story will only just add to that because today's birth story really is lovely. So back to today's story. So like I said at the beginning, I've got Lucy HG on the show today. Now, Lucy HG shared her birth story with me a while ago now because I was going to put it out in the last season of the podcast, but I just ran out of weeks. So I've had to keep in the bag for this season. And as it happens, this week is the week of the first birthday of her little one. So happy birthday, Sebi. So yeah, the story that you're listening to is now a year old. 
But anyway, so some of the great stuff that Lucy is going to share with us. She's going to share with us her pregnancy journey as well, because it's not been easy for her. She's had two miscarriages. So she's going to share with us how she handled that, how she dealt with it and how she handled that first trimester of her pregnancy on which we're hearing the birth story. She also touches on how grateful she is for her mother and how her mother talked to her about birth. She really believes that helped her to prepare fabulously for her her own birth. So I think it's a real lesson there for mums out there that maybe don't speak that positively about birth and what impact that can have on daughters. Um, And also she talks about the use of language, how important it is to ask those around you to be mindful of the language that they're using when you're there and having to go through the demanding intensity of labour. So some really great stuff that Lucy's going to share with us. So I hope that you enjoy listening to her primal birth story. Here you go. Enjoy. Hello, Lucy. Thank you so much for coming on the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. Welcome. Hello, Alexa. Thanks very much for, uh, for having me on. Well, today we're going to be talking about your amazing birth story. And I say amazing because I think it was on the grapevine with the midwives in your area <laughs> and other people heard about your amazing birth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, this is true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're going to be talking all about that in a bit. But before we dive in and chat about that, just tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, Lucy. Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, my name is Lucy HG. Um, I'm the managing director of a company called Cuckoo Apps. And that's sort of like the, the, the daytime uh, the daytime job. I'm very active. I like outdoor sports and, uh, you know, action adventure sort of thing. Um, mountain biking, hiking, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, basically, generally quite a positive, happy type person. Oh, well, fabulous. We like positive, happy people on this show. So thank you. Thank you for coming on now. So thinking about your birth, but before the first thing I want to ask you is this. Mm-hmm. How was it for you when you first found out that you're pregnant? Um, it was actually bittersweet because I'd had... Um, I'd gone through two miscarriages uh, before uh, before that. So actually finding out I was pregnant was a bit of a, oh, all right, well... Um, Hopefully it'll work out, but I don't know, so I don't want to get my hopes up. So although it was a happy moment, mm. it was also tainted with with a bit of uh, of doubt, I guess, yeah. because of, of of previous experiences. Mm-hmm. So how many, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how many other how many miscarriages had you had? Uh, two, two okay. in the in in the two years uh, wow. previous to mm. to finding out I was mm-hmm. pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and how would you mind just sort of talking a little bit about those? I mean, how at what point did you miscarry during those pregnancies? Um, they were very early on uh, miscarriages, so it was uh, way before sort of twelve weeks. Um, but I was it affected me pretty badly. Uh, mm. Looking back at it now, at the time, I just kind of got through it really. Uh, but looking back at it, it, it really did um, well. Just affected all areas of life really, uh, mm. from my relationship with with my husband to how much I was working, which was a lot, um, to then actually just even socialising, you know, and finding out other people were pregnant. And, um, you know, I found it very upsetting to, to see pregnant women. And uh, even though I was happy to find out people were, were getting pregnant and it was all successful, it was it was really hard going for me, to be mm-hmm. fair. Mm-hmm. Really hard going. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so you'd been trying, you'd been trying for a while to get pregnant? uh well for for the two years basically mm. yeah so and in those two years we'd had the miscarriages and basically what had happened was with the first miscarriage I'd um 
I couldn't face trying again, to be yeah. fair. So we kind of took like a, it was probably nearly 12 month break from trying. Mm. Um, and that's when I kind of went into myself and worked silly amount of hours and kind of lost touch really with, with things um, mm. without realising. Um, and then eventually I kind of thought, right, this is silly, you know, we need to, need to drag myself out of this. And we yeah. tried again. And that's a few months later when I got pregnant and I miscarried again. But by then I kind of knew how to, how to deal with what I was feeling. Um, and so we just got straight back into it. And uh, unfortunately we had, we had, uh, we had positive things happen. Mm. So, uh, but yes, it was also about the sort of the, trying to cope with the physical side of things mm. um, as well as the mental side. So obviously your body, even if, even though it's early stages of pregnancy, your body starts going through a lot of changes. Mm. Um, and in my mind, it was about, you know, well, if I'm, if I'm pregnant and then it all goes pear, my body kind of, you know, starts adjusting to that pregnancy and then it's got to go back uh, to not being pregnant, which mm. is, uh, yeah, it's quite hard. Mm. So when you say you'd figured out how to deal with it the second time round, what, what, could you just sort of talk a little bit more about that? Because I'm sure there's women uh, that are listening that might be struggling with that and that you've yeah, got some advice I think, to share. I think I suppose I'd I'd identified how I felt and identified what triggered uh, what triggered me having little breakdowns, I guess. Mm. Um, so I'd be able to to work it out. Uh, so I don't know, for instance, say in a, in a social situation. Um, when I first miscarried and I'd, I don't know, turn up at a, uh, you know, at a, a friend's gathering and I'd find out, so, you know, and you, you get told amazing news, somebody's pregnant, mm. um, I'd literally kind of like fall to pieces and oh. have to basically just have to excuse myself and go yeah. home, that thing. Or if I knew that somebody was pregnant and I was going to, you know, go in somewhere and, and I knew there'd be a pregnant lady there. I would probably throw a bit of a wobbler at home and kind of go, I don't want to go, I can't face it, you know. Mm. And then the second time round, I was a lot, uh, I suppose I knew how I would potentially react and therefore I could I could work on it. Mm. And maybe I'd, you know, I'd have a little cry before I went went out. Mm. Uh, but then I'd, I'd kind of dealt with those emotions before I faced the situation, if that yeah. makes yeah. sense. So, mm. um, and I think also my um, my husband uh learned to read me and learned to kind of cope and help me out with with how I was going to feel um yeah. when faced mm. with, with these situations mm. so um so yeah so take us now to the the the, the pregnancy where mm-hmm. you were so that, yep. that first few weeks then sort of going into the pregnancy where you were uh-huh bittersweet like you described it tell us a little yeah, bit more about yeah. that those first few weeks well it's that uh, sort of you know a, a lot of people well everyone around you uh you know close friends and family were over the moon um mm. and obviously my my thoughts were well yeah that's that's great but but we don't know what's going to happen you know we we've, we we need to get to the 12th week we need to get to that scan um and up until now we'd not made it um we'd not made it that far so that 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 was pretty hard and then um strangely um I physically um, I started feeling morning sickness mm. uh which obviously isn't it doesn't only happen in the morning um and and that was quite strange as well because I'd not felt it really that badly uh, the previous two times so some of the comments I got well oh, well that's really good you, you know because that it didn't happen before so you know if it's happening now something must be different um mm which I suppose was a fair comment, but I felt so rough, so mm. um, 
we did we did manage to have a a, a scan at at eight weeks to make sure because previously I think um, although sort of the miscarriage had happened at twelve weeks the the actual little baby bean hadn't made it past sort of six or seven weeks mm-hmm. so I did have a, a scan at eight weeks and. Although it was reassuring, I was still like, "Well, yeah, but we've not made it to that what you know twelve week mark so so yeah, so i had um I had morning sickness, I went off food, which is extremely <laughs> for me. Like, I know you and you like yeah. you're like me, you like food <laughs> I like my food, and it was the strangest thing to sort of look at you know food because we'd we'd gone to Spain to visit my parents and, and you know we always feast, and I'd sit there looking at this and made food that I knew. I'd always enjoyed and always thought was amazing, and I, I, I'd be like, no, I can't face it. I can't face this. I'm, you know, I'm going to lie down. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, that was that was quite something. I kept on saying, you know, well, it better be worth it. <laughs> yeah. It better be worth, you know, I've just passed on a beautiful steak or whatever. And um, so, when was it? When was this morning sickness? What kind of? How many weeks are we at now in uh, your pregnancy? It was eight, nine, ten. Right. Okay. So eight, nine, ten, eleven. I think something like that. Yeah. So from sort of finding out that I was pregnant till before the the twelve week scan, which confirms that we'd kind of made yeah. it past that milestone, which we hadn't before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. And so um, I know that we talked a little bit off mic before we came on to start recording and everything. And and you'd listened to one of the um, earlier podcasts in mm-hmm. the series, I think, when you were pregnant about the um, the epigeneticist podcast. Yes. And she talked yeah. a lot about morning sickness can sometimes be because you're not connecting to your baby. Yeah. And yeah. so and mm. yeah. So just tell me a little bit about I've what your perspective found, on that. Yeah. I, I mean, I found that really fascinating um I have to say originally I kind of thought well no I was of course I was connected to my baby you know that's that's of course I was you know that's what I've been wanting for the last two years I've been wanting a baby um but then actually I thought about it and and probably at week 12 which is when we you know we we kind of crossed that milestone the morning sickness disappeared I was still off some foods you know Mm. but the actual feeling like I was permanently hung over past and I thought you know what having uh, listened to that podcast there could be something in it um, because suddenly it was I was accepting that it was happening and mm. that it would happen and then yeah and uh, and that morning sickness passed so so yeah for me I kind of thought gosh there must be something in it mm. in in in, in in what was covered in in that podcast yeah which was fascinating uh yeah. because as i said i did think well no you know one thing's the physical because i saw it as you know i saw morning uh, sickness as being a physical thing yeah not necessarily tied to any emotions mm. um, so now you're like emotionally connected to your baby you were kind of up for loving this thing whereas before maybe you didn't want to love it in case it was not going to be yes. there and now yeah, you're going to be exactly. hurt yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In case I was going to be hurt, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So protecting yeah. yourself. So that's interesting. So I guess, you know, all those women that have morning sickness, you know, how whether they're coming off the back of a few miscarriages themselves or whether they're, you know, like, you know, I, certainly in my I, my first pregnancy, I miscarried my first pregnancy. And yeah, yeah. you know, that, that, that sort of, you don't want to get your hopes up in case it doesn't pan out. And, yeah. and that yeah, feeling yeah. of like, yeah, yeah, I'm pregnant, but well, I'm not going to get too excited about it because you never know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're yeah. just protecting yourself, aren't you? for the, the to, from the yeah, hurt because it's a natural yeah 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 and I mean I wasn't 
I was still not, you know, 100% sort of convinced until the 20 week scan. That's really? okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh God. So into your second trimester, you've had the 12 week scan or you had that moment where it was kind of signed off as it were. Yeah. How was your second trimester for you then? It was fine. It was fine. I, I can't remember it being, uh, there being much, um, much change really I suppose well I suppose there, there were some physical changes but again because it wasn't you know you don't I didn't have a bump yet mm. there was nothing that you could see mm. um so you I could kind of just pretend I wasn't really so I <laughs> carried on with uh, you know going into work and going to meetings and things like that and I didn't really talk about it because it wasn't there to be talked about so obviously mm. at home and with friends and family and that but again I was trying to I'd always, yeah, protect myself. I was always sort of like, well, you know, let's not get too excited. Let's mm. wait to that twenty-week scan when, when you know. Um, so there's no way I did, you know, I didn't do any baby clothes shopping, any pram shopping. I didn't even think about it. There was no way I was going to allow myself um, mm. to think about any of that. Um, obviously, I did stop um, activities such as mountain biking, but I carried on walking and, 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 you know, hiking and doing things like that. So I I remained active throughout. So yes, it wasn't, it was, I didn't find it hard uh, in any way. I I can probably say I was quite Mm. lucky. Now, just thinking about the work aspects, you did just touch just now on the fact mm. that you didn't mention stuff at work. So you're a managing director of business. You're mm. the, the, you know, you run the show. Yeah. And you're, it's in apps, it's in technology. So yeah. I would imagine that that's quite a male dominated area. It is indeed. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, you know, I just wondered if you could just talk a little bit more about, you know, how that is, why you decided why you felt that you I, I think I can guess what you're going to say but why you felt you needed to maybe hold that back and and how that was for you being a pregnant managing director in the tech industry yeah, yeah. I think I think I might deal with it differently if there's another but I think for the first one I felt um not that it was unprofessional to talk about it but it was kind of I just felt it didn't have um you know it didn't have a place it didn't mm. have a you know it wasn't relevant mm. uh, so whether it was when talking to suppliers or clients, uh, when meeting them, um, I did a few presentations during my second trimester where actually I chose clothes that clearly, you know, you could just think, oh, I should put on some weight um, mm. or, you know, I don't think, yeah, I, I, I actively tried to not look pregnant. Um, and um, a male friend of mine actually said, well, well, well you know, what do you think? do you feel it's unprofessional or something? What's wrong? You know, why aren't you telling everybody about it sort of thing? And and it made me think, yeah, well, I don't know, just, it, yeah, I just felt it didn't have a place. Mm. Which in be- a way is quite sad, I suppose, but I think it's because it's a male-dominated um, industry. And, and I didn't want people to think, you know, either that I'd be sidetracked by the, you know, by it all, or that suddenly I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, have anything else to think about or talk about or I know certainly when I was because I, I spent some time in the workplace when I was in my second pregnancy and the, the only topic of conversation is when are you do you know it's the only focus and it's like hello I'm you can talk to my brain I'm here things, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, not just absolutely. this pregnant baby carrier thing yeah, you know yeah I definitely felt that in the third trimester definitely Did yeah. You? yeah 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 so tell us about the third trimester how as this progress as the pregnancy was progressing and, and I guess you were kind of starting to embrace it a bit more were you or how, how was that yeah going absolutely for you? I think I'd, it, it kind of went from oh let's see what happens to eh, it's happening but you know we can't see it so we can just pretend it's not happening, <laughs> yeah. kind of thing you know I was obviously excited and I was um 
you know, I was doing a lot of reading up on, you know, what's happening with my body and all the different things. And, you know, oh, there's a twinge. Could this be that or whatever? I uh, mm. think like that. But um, but I think come the third trimester, um, yeah, I definitely completely embraced it. To be fair, come, yeah, that 20-week scan when you see the fully formed baby and, you know, all the checks were done and mm. everything was okay, you know, all the boxes were ticked. It was, as far as we could tell, it was a healthy baby. Um, and then I just felt, amazing really? and I, oh I yeah I just felt amazing I started doing pregnancy yoga I started doing loads of stretching at home I I had one of these um it's not a what they call them a birthing balls you know bouncy gym ball things and I I basically spent a lot of time preparing myself physically and mentally in my own way so I saw it as um I saw it as um I suppose an adventure uh, and I'd call it a mission. So uh, my husband and I do a lot of, um, you know, outdoor activities, as I've said. So we've, you know, we've mm-hmm. done things like walking up, you know, the uh, highest peaks in the UK, and um, I've, you know, biked up the highest peak in England with him. Uh, that entailed, you know, six, seven hours of biking, pushing, carrying a bike up a mountain to mm. then have a 20-minute <laughs> knuckle ride down. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you think about it, is a little bit crazy. Yeah. Part of a working day going up a mountain to then spend 20 minutes cycling down. Um, but that's us. And and he he got me, you know, he got me up that mountain. He, he coached me up, essentially. Mm. Um, so I sort of started looking at not so much pregnancy, but obviously childbirth as as a as a bit of a yeah a bit of an adventure, <laughs> a bit of a mission, a bit of a mission, two, yeah. yeah, yeah, a bit of a mission, I suppose, um, and, and a two team one. Like you know, your your husband helped you coach you up the mountain, yeah, so yeah. You, you saw him as being your coach, your yeah. childbirth coach. That's it, yeah. Because I think to start off with, that was one of the things that I was uh, I was more worried about was him. Mm he was going to cope with me being in, in labour mm. than I was about actual labour. Okay. <laughs> it was quite bizarre, really. But but that's how I was like, oh, well, how is he going to be, you know, how... Because um, I know he's a little bit squeamish. Um, mm. And also, obviously, seeing your loved one going through something so intense could be quite difficult. Um, so what I did, actually, was I signed us up to a hypnobirthing uh, one day course mm. um, and then I also uh, signed us up to some NCT classes so we could meet people mm. um, those were my my sort of mission um, and after that we I felt that we were prepared because the things that had been covered particularly in the hypnobirthing uh, mm. one day course that gave me a lot to go on and it made him realize and it made him go from me at the beginning of the pregnancy saying, well, would you consider a home birth? And him saying, you are mental, no way. Why, mm. why would you want to do that? And what do you mean you want to have a natural birth with no painkillers? Yeah. What's wrong with you, woman? <laughs> <laughs> to actually, towards the end of my pregnancy, when we got, you know, when the time came to decide, um, to him going, yeah, no, I absolutely understand why you want a, a home birth, and I think it's the best, you know, it's the best thing for for, for both of us. Um, so amazing, brilliant. So basically, you were you planned a home birth, yeah. and um, and yeah. lead, so leading up in the final weeks, I'm just wondering, you know, in terms of the emotional preparation, like, were you? It sounds like you just weren't worried about birth at no. all. Is that no. fair to say? Absolutely, I, I completely, and and, I, and it came before it. 
um, the whole idea of birth being a completely natural thing mm. um, and a completely you shouldn't have to worry about it thing, I think, comes from my mum, actually. Mm. So before I even went into looking at, you know, into reading up on, on, on natural childbirth and things like that, um, I can thank my mum for never making an issue of it and mm. always being positive about it and whenever she's retold the stories of my birth or my sister's birth it's always been a yeah well you know I just uh I just did it and she um you know born late 70s and um she's uh she was in in Spain and in Spain you got no gas in there you got no painkillers of any sort so they just weren't available like they had been like they were at the time in the UK mm. um so she you know she's always said to me oh, I just did it because you know there was nothing else and I just got on with it you know mm. Brilliant. She never had any, you know, she's never said anything negative about it. And then also, funnily enough, and I think I was probably in my early 20s, when I said to somebody, well, you know, childbirth doesn't hurt. And this woman just looked at me. <laughs> Where did you hear that? <laughs> Mum's always told me that. She always says, you know, the, all this screaming and shouting that you see on the films, that's that's exaggerated and that's not, you know, that's not real. Um, and this woman was beside herself laughing. <laughs> And you, you know, how can you have come to your early twenties and and believe your mum saying that? So I think I I, I can definitely thank my mum for mm. for planting a, an idea of it not being an issue, not yeah. being anything to be scared of. Yeah. And then after that, during sort of preparation for childbirth, I did a lot of reading, um, you know, on well, just how natural the whole process is and the fact that yeah. we're designed to do it. And um, yeah. And so, um, what was your due date? Let's talk about due dates. Oh, yes. Due dates. Interesting one. Um, due date was the 5th of May. 5th so I'm just, uh, was baby mm-hmm. on time late, early? Well, according to the official NHS due date, baby was nearly two weeks late. Right. Okay. 13 days, I think it was in the end. Yes, it was born okay. on the 18th. So. so how did, tell me a little bit more about that. How did you manage that situation? What um, was, what was... Yeah, well, um, initially I found it, um, I decided I was going to stop work mid-April mm. um, or like not, you know, stop going into the office. Um, so I'd still be checking emails and things at home, but I'd be taking it easy so I didn't have to, well, uh, do my amazing 15 minute commute uh, <laughs> and walk through flights of stairs and things like that. Um and I, I found the idea of winding down quite quite hard. But then, you know, I got into that and that was fine. And then from the beginning, I'd not seen the 5th of May as the day that baby was going to arrive. Okay. I'd always thought, baby's going to be over, you know, babies are never on time. You know, it could be early, could be late. So I personally didn't have a fixation on that date. Mm. Um, I didn't tell people an actual date I kind of went yeah around about May yeah beginning mid-May that's when babies should arrive and I didn't sort of let it yeah I didn't I just didn't let it be an issue um mm. the date wasn't a, a thing for me baby would, you know as far as I was concerned baby would come when baby was going to come I was very comfortable up until the day I gave birth I was you know I was still mobile I didn't have any pains or aches I was yeah, I was very lucky in that sense. I, I kept active and flexible and, and stuff. So so I wasn't um I wasn't sort of pregnant and thinking, get this baby out of me. Yeah. 
we were actually quite cosy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but then just before my due date, my um, husband came off his mountain bike and injured his shoulder. He broke his collarbone. Um, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, as you do. Um, so uh, what happened then was that I, I I wasn't able to to be the pregnant princess that I wanted to be. So you know, walk into the house, sit down, and say, "Take my shoes off. I can't reach," um, and things like that. Yeah. Because actually he couldn't do anything and he, he was in terrible pain. Um, so I found myself doing lots of things that I had planned to kind of get out of doing. Like cooking dinner and dinner, housework, all yeah, that kind of stuff. taking the rubbish out, that sort of thing. <laughs> and then on top of that, I had to help dress him. I had to put his socks on. I had to oh, my goodness. shirt because he couldn't do all of these. And, you know, I had to move chairs around if he needed help with that. And, uh, yeah, so then two weeks passed um, and he went back to, to the doctors and and he was told that basically the break was really bad. It hadn't healed in those two weeks and that he needed an operation the next day. Oh, my goodness. And by this time, I'm about nine or ten days overdue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm, be- I'm going to hospital more than I want to go because obviously I'd arrange for a home birth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now you're going in every five minutes for him. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's saying, oh, well, you're in the right place. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm meant to be at home. I'm not meant to be in hospital to have this baby. So basically he went under general anaesthetic and, and they, you know, operated on him uh, the next day. Um and I reckon baby just had to wait a bit longer. Um, yeah. Obviously, one of our things was, well, what happens if baby comes when... And, and I said to my husband, I said, I, I'm pretty sure that baby's not going to come out and make an appearance whilst you're under general anaesthetic. Mm. Um, there's just something about it. I was just like, I don't think this is going to happen. Mm. Um, I probably have to do a little shout out to the community midwives in our area um, mm. because they were amazing about the whole idea of home birth from the start they were super supportive um, and then also with regards to dealing with uh, you know being overdue so he went and uh, he had his operation on the Thursday and on the Sunday I'd been asked I'd been told asked um, it had been suggested that because I was I think it was 40 plus 12 you know um, that I'd go into hospital to be monitored uh, mm. see how things were going I think um yeah I had a quick quick chat with yourself because obviously you'd been through through that experience of yeah. going um and I went in and it was a Sunday so it was relatively quiet um I went in with my husband I didn't look at them you know so you get monitored um so they put the belly band around your belly to monitor and stuff and you know I'd been asked if you had any backs and hicks if you felt anything and all, all of this and I was like no no I'm fine I can't really you know I can't tell a difference I know as far as I'm concerned nothing's really happening yet the baby's ready um and at this point is when the uh, the midwife so the midwife left me there with, with a machine you know plugged into the machine and then she came back um and then she looked at the piece of paper that the machine produces <laughs> There were these little peaks in the graph, and she goes, yeah. uh, "You know what these are?" And she's like, "No, no idea." What? She goes, um, "You are actually having contractions, Lucy." <laughs> like, oh, am I? <laughs> and I kind of went, "Well, that, that's a good thing, isn't it?" <laughs> Things might actually start happening. And she was like, "Well, can't you feel anything?" You know, and. I said, well, not really. You know, I'm I'm heavily pregnant, so there's things happening, but no, no, no. Um, they did the vaginal examination. The consultant came along. Um, she was very keen for me to, you know, when I said home birth, she kind of looked at me like, uh, yeah. And I was, <laughs> no, no, 
oh, I'm having a home birth. That's that's what's happening. Um, and she basically got me to agree to come in the next day, the following day, for a scan and some more monitoring and stuff. Even though uh, the monitoring that we'd had said that myself and baby were absolutely fine and healthy. Um, at this point, there was a bit of a... She didn't go into... The uh, consultant didn't go into using super scary language but I could feel that we were going that way so mm. she said various times uh well you know this is just in you know baby is fine now in this point in time mm. at this moment um and I kind of thought well I can see what she's saying you know things do change but at the same time do you really have to you know yeah. tell me about it like this it's not you know I'm mm really healthy and fine and so's baby and yeah. um so anyway I got sent home with some aromatherapy oils that they made up for me um and that night after having uh, a meal kind of thought oh yeah that's that's a bit more bit more than uh, than what I'd felt before so about 10 o'clock on the Sunday night that's when I started recording contractions mm. and I'm thinking you may have been using an app to do that is that right Yes. <laughs> and I've got all the data which is really to look back on. <laughs> I will I will get all the details on these apps, ladies, so that you can because uh, I use loads of apps. We had a lot of conversations about apps, didn't we? So uh, we'll get those apps and have those on the blog show notes. Um so yes, and obviously they'd um they'd sort of said to me, Oh, you know, you you're coming in tomorrow at nine o'clock in the morning um to get these, you know, further monitoring. But what happened was as I said, at ten o'clock I started recording um contractions. We went to bed about three o'clock maybe. I thought, Oh, this is getting a bit, you know, this is ramping up now. So I was pacing up and down our uh, our bedroom in the dark. Um and then I kind of I was getting quite excited because I was like, oh it's gonna happen, you know, it's gonna happen any minute now. Um so I did wake up my husband and say, Right, oh who by the way at this point was um obviously all stitched up from his operation and had spent a couple of nights sitting in a chair sleeping in a chair because he couldn't sleep in bed goodness <laughs> um, yeah so I was like right well how about we go down to the living room and, and we set everything up because I was very excited about getting all the candles out and getting all of that sorted and he was like oh yeah okay um so he actually came downstairs in the living room sat in an armchair and fell asleep which is fine <laughs> <laughs> which is fine because at the end of the day you know he couldn't really do anything else no. and I think I might have dozed off and I might have listened to some music and um, and as I say, it was just this sort of like excitement building up of, oh, it's happening. I'm actually, in a way, if anyone's ever sort of uh, taken part in, in in a race, in like, I don't know, a marathon or a half marathon or a 10K or a bike race, anything like that, those pre-race nerves that you get, butterflies. Sort of, oh, yeah. that, that sort of like, oh, it's happening, it's happening, you know, what's what's going to happen? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, so the morning came. Um, and obviously, I was aware that the hospital wanted me to go back in. Um, and I, what I did was I phoned, I phoned the, the midwife unit, and I, I basically said, uh, "Yep, yeah, been having contractions all uh, all night. No, I'm not coming in because uh, I'm not getting in a car to come into hospital because obviously I'm booked in for a, for a home birth, and that would just completely ruin the mood and ruin ruin the rhythm." the natural rhythm they kind of ominard about that and I basically told them no I am not coming in please can you send my community midwife to come and see me you know if, if you if you're worried and you want me to have a check of any sort yes. then come to me basically yes. 
as I said, there was nowhere I was going to get in the car and, and go anywhere. Mm. Um, I just wanted to be at home. So, so yes, I had aromatherapy baths, which helped me. You know, I, I actually fell asleep in the bath whilst having... Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, so what, what are you doing? Are you doing anything? Like you said you went to a hypnobirthing course. So are, are you using breathing techniques? Are you... Yeah, are, are there affirmations? I don't know. What are you doing? There were, I think, affirmations. I'd, I'd built those affirmations. So I I'd kind of had the self-belief that had been done previously. Mm. Um, so it was breathing, you know, the, the breathing exercises. That's what got me through. And literally, it wasn't, you know, it was just deep breathing and yeah. just working through. Um, and if we were chatting, because my mum was, was with us as well. So if, if I was chatting to, to Nick and mum and a contraction came along, I'd just put my hand up so that they know what was going on. And I'd just go into breathing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. and then I'd come out of it and then we'd carry on with whatever we were doing uh, which was you know just sitting around and mm. I, don't, I, I didn't manage to go for a walk because I, I kind of I think I was so excited that it was going to happen that <laughs> I was like no no I've got to stay at home I can't you know I can't leave the house <laughs> um, and what were and, those contractions like for you were they when you were breathing through them how would you describe them um, uh, I'd describe them as my body trying to get my baby out. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of, I suppose as a, as a, as a rush, I guess, is, is the way I'd describe them, a rush. At this, but particularly at the beginning, it was more of a, a um, yeah, energy going through your body sort of thing. I know some people have been like, oh, yeah, roll your eyes, you know. That's not how it feels, but but it was it was a rush. Those particularly those early on ones were mm. were just oh wait a minute you know body's doing something now, um, and just breathe through it and yeah. and not fo- yeah focus on it being energy running through your body. Um, that's mm. that's that's what I, I did a lot of. Okay, uh, okay. And then I also had uh, music in the background, so I'd chosen some some sort of chill out. Mm, loungy type things uh, so I, I had my music on all the time um, and then when I did have uh, uh, the aromatherapy baths what I had done was um, I'd listened to a lot of um, tracks that the hypnobirthing classes had provided uh, mm. so it's just like a piano a 15 minute piano track um, and whilst I'd been listening to those whilst pregnant I used to fall asleep um, I kind of put it down to just the fact that I can fall asleep anyway. <laughs> but I think as it happens, it, there, there, there was something to it because, you know, I'd get in the bath with the aromatherapy oils, I'd put the track on and I was off. Wow. And that actually gave me, uh, physically gave me a breather yeah. um, and gave me an opportunity to, to recover and, you know, mm-hmm. get back up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so get, let's get back to labour. How was that progressing for you then, labour? Um, I suppose in some people's books it was slow, mm. um, but for me there wasn't. I wasn't in a rush, and that's mm. just. That's just sort of, You're Spanish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that laid back. Yeah, that happened when it happened. Yeah. There were a few people uh, involved who were kind of like, "Well, you've been, you know, you've been, you've been, and they call them pains. You've been, you've been suffering pains for for over." 10 hours now and oh dear well shouldn't you know they 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 might be able to help you along and and I was kind of like no 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 one I'm not calling them pains uh two well yeah it it takes as long as it takes you know it's not I've I've had a couple of I had a a check with a midwife and and she was happy about baby and so long as baby and I were fine Mm. as far as I was concerned it could take as long 
as long as it, it wanted to really. Um, something actually again about language, um, on a couple of occasions both my mum and my husband, bless them, did sort of come up to me and, and say, oh my God, you must be exhausted. And I told them off, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am not exhausted. I'm a little tired, but no, I'm not exhausted. Do not use that word. Well, you know, do not use that word in my presence, sort of thing. Because it was like, well, don't let's not talk about being exhausted because that might actually make me think I am exhausted, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. or realize that I am. Um, and basically, things then kind of ramped up um, uh, in on the Monday. Uh, throughout the day, you know, I'd been watching films and bits and bobs, and then uh, come the evening. It was starting to get pretty intense. Um, I think we made we'd made one call to the hospital to say, "Can you send the midwife out?" Uh, they'd spoken to me, and basically they said, "Oh, just have a bath." Um, so I had another aromatherapy bath, and then we made another call. And I think because basically my mum and my husband were taking it in turns to be with me in the living room, mm-hmm. uh, which had you know, fifty or kind of fifty hundred candles on, wow. <laughs> it was on, ramped up, the lights were dimmed, I had my music on in the background. Um, apparently it was really, really hot in there. And at this point I think my husband was taking a break, my mum was with me and I said to her, Mum, let's set this up because I think this is happening. Kinda of looked at me like, What do you mean set things up? I was like, No, no, we need to, you know, put the um dust sheet down on the floor we need to put the cover on um I, you know i had a throw to stand on uh, this is gonna this is this is happening now and let's let's phone the midwife let's phone the hospital so she phoned the hospital herself and then of course they insist that they speak to to the lady who's given birth and at this point uh, <laughs> at this point i was um, asked a couple of questions and um i now realize that obviously they were kind of testing me to see how how real and how close birth was was actually um so at one point this lady was asking me to spell my surname which <laughs> is the surname in the world <laughs> just tell everybody what your surname is so they can appreciate yeah. why i'm laughing Herreras Griffiths. so you know h-e-r-r-e-r-a-s hyphen g-r-i-double-f-i-t-h-s if you're having contractions and somebody's asking you to spell that you just thinking you can yeah go jump yeah um and and then this this, uh, this midwife also um, had the audacity to ask me what was happening because I kept on saying it's happening, it's happening. <laughs> what what's happening, doc? What's happening? <laughs> you go, this woman's stupid. Or what? I'm having a baby. <laughs> I'm in labour. <laughs> You're a midwife. Yeah. Why, why am I calling you? It's like I'm not ordering a takeaway here. What do you think is happening? Oh dear. So so yeah. And obviously, looking back, I now realise that she was asking all these questions to gauge how how near to actual childbirth I was, and whether she she did need to send uh, send the midwife uh, mm. over. So I think she asked me what was going on first. Then she asked me to spell my name, and at that point, I passed her on to my mum. I and I think I even spoke to her. I spoke to mum in Spanish. Kind of said, just you know, you deal with her. I don't. <laughs> do this i can't spell my name now and so they basically they said oh well, well you know we'll we'll get someone to give you a call one of the uh, community midwife team um and i think at about eight o'clock there was uh, a knock on the door uh, at which time i'd i'd mum and i had set up um in the living room and uh, the later lovely midwife came in uh, interestingly there was no continuity throughout my pregnancy care so i'd never met this lady before in my life uh, luckily i'm quite uninhibited I suppose you could say so I didn't really have a problem about you know 
her checking on me or her seeing me naked or anything like that. To be fair, I didn't even know she was in the room because uh, when she first arrived because I was going through quite a strong contraction. Mm. Um, luckily for me, she'd picked up my uh, birthing plan. I had an A4 birthing plan. Um, and once my contraction had finished and I looked over and she says, hi, you know, my, my name's Natalie. I've just read your plan everything you know happy with all of that you know are you okay if I did do an examination now and I was like yeah okay um, and part of one of the things in my plan was if you do a, a, a check on me basically don't I don't want to know how far dilated I am whether I am whether I'm not I don't want to know mm. uh, particularly I don't want to know or if you tell me how far along I am you know kind of choose your words don't tell me you're only five or six or whatever you know um, because I thought that that would that would hold me back and and basically it got more and more intense um i ended up on uh on all fours with my elbows on a big bean bag my husband was on the bean bag as well the poor man with with his broken shoulder oh, bless him. <laughs> and i was just holding on to him um and eventually i came to a point where i was no longer breathing deeply and and um, it's not that I didn't remain calm. I did remain calm, but I kind of went primal. <laughs> Good for you. Describe <laughs> it. Um, I think I, I spotted where my transition happened because you know sometimes um, I know but, um, that you know they describe women kind of go right. I've had it. I'm, I can't do this anymore, sort yeah. of thing. Um, and that's the point where you know you're about. It's about to like really yeah. start off um and basically I was standing and I was uh, wiggling my uh, my hips and at that point I thought and I said out loud I said do you know what I really feel like swearing now <laughs> swear and at that point the midwife was brilliant she basically told me to well she suggested that I went back to my uh, deep breaths that I went back to you know following the, the the music that was on and that I went back to just chilling essentially mm. um and and basically yeah so after that that's when I became primal um, yeah. and I don't think the midwife thought that it was happening quite as soon and, and possibly because I was I had been so relaxed and I had been so sort of chilled so again she sort of checked and then next thing you know she kind of went oh oh uh, uh right this baby's coming now um I'm just gonna go to the car to get a few things and at that point I kind of went oh can you can you just tell my mum that it's happening because my mum had gone upstairs she was on a break and she wants to be present and there was a faff around getting a second midwife because when when you have a home birth um at least in in our area um a second midwife is called before the birth so that uh there's one for mum and one for baby and basically so she'd she'd run off I think she'd she tried to contact this midwife who was on call um and it hadn't happened and then um I'd started pushing not pushing but you know because I don't think I pushed it was my body doing it all yeah. at over by then and, and her mobile went off so I'm an awful she's sort of behind checking that everything's progressing okay and the mobile phone rings and she kind of answers it she's like yes and she's like right okay well um I am actually delivering a baby <laughs> so, uh, so yeah if you can make it she can if not you know this is happening bye <laughs> oh dear I did I did kind of catch them in the words. um the other thing that that made me made me kind of giggle um, was the fact that um, 
yeah, it basically happened a lot quicker than she thought. So from doing checks sort of thing and, and whether she was going by how I was and, and physically to actually how, you know, when baby decided to arrive and he was ready, um, uh, he did. Uh, so, wow. so yes, it was, it was quite quite something um oh yeah sorry there was there was one thing which I thought was was really lovely of her um in my birth plan I did have you know I would like to when when baby's kind of starting to pop out I would like to feel my baby mm. um and guess what she remembered that because obviously at that time I don't remember thinking you know you're not yeah. going to like that and she said you know Lucy if you know if you want to feel your baby your baby's head this is when you want to be doing it and that was just the most amazing, incredible thing ever, basically, to put my hand down and feel my baby's head coming out of my body <laughs> was just, yeah, was just amazing. And I'm so thankful to her for having remembered to, yeah, amazing. to, to say that. So, mm. so yeah, basically what, what happened was we started crowning and he, um, she coached me through the crowning, uh, breathing-wise. I was able to, to remain in control of of my body I guess and he basically just popped out in one push wow one put you know I had been pushing quite a lot and then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't sort of a head and then the rest yeah. of the body, he just flew out and yeah just just amazing um came on to me um I had him on me once I managed to like roll around um and um yeah and then within five, ten minutes of having him on me. Um, I delivered the placenta naturally. Again, he just popped out. It just happened. Um, and, yeah, but it was just the most incredible experience. <laughs> yeah, it was an incredible experience. Mm. So how long did that last? I, I lost track, I have to say, when you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> so from the... The, the the sort of the, the the hardcore you know pushing bit was probably about half an hour I think she okay. said okay. midwife said um so the the really intense primal bit yeah uh, was about twenty minutes to half an hour um my mum my husband and myself agreed that it felt like a bit longer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she was pretty sure that it was just uh, twenty minutes to half an hour mm. um but from the very start of me recording my contractions uh, that was ten o'clock on the Sunday and he arrived 11 o'clock on the Monday at night so that okay. was what 25 hours of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty of an experience basically. Yeah, yeah. So when you say you were primal that's just like you know what do you mean by primal? <laughs> <laughs> um, just letting my body go with it and it, uh, grunting. Yeah. Grunting and my husband said, "I have never seen you pull such, you know, <laughs> pulling just amazing." <laughs> never, um, and I just losing myself to my body, just mm. losing myself to to the power of of my body doing what it was doing, basically, because mm. you don't have control over it. Um, mm. And I think if you can, if you can let go, and if you're not, you know, if there is no fear. Um, and if if there's complete trust, um, then it just takes over. Um, and and I can remember also saying something like, "Oh, I was going to breathe this baby out." <laughs> I watched a lot of uh, a lot of videos and a lot of, uh, sort of like um, you know women giving birth in in different ways. Um, and I had sort of I was jokingly saying, "Oh, I was, there's me thinking I was going to breathe it out," and I'm and you know it was the way it was because that's how I needed it to be really. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And from the start, I'd sort of thought, I want to be, you know, because people would say, oh, you're having a, a you know, are you having a, a water birth? And, and I was like, no, 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 I just want to go with it naturally as, as in naturally as in, you know, cavemen didn't have water, 
you know, yeah. didn't have home births with pools sort of thing. Um, and, and I just felt that that's how I wanted to do it, just completely as it was kind of meant to be, really. Yeah. yeah. So, and you did it, and you did it. Amazing. Yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Never, not once did I think I need pain relief, not once. That was something as well in my in my plan. Uh, do not offer me pain relief. Yeah. I will ask for it if I need it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and it, and it, you know, there was uh, no, I didn't need any stitches, uh, just wow. like noises. Um, and it was just an amazing yeah, yeah, I did it. I did it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> and you yeah. didn't know what you were having, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, it was. Uh, we were. We decided we'd we'd leave it as a surprise. Uh, so that was amazing as well because I'd asked for for my husband to to announce it. Yeah. Um, and we had a, a boy name and a girl name. Um, and basically, when he held, you know, when we realised it was a boy, he basically said, "We have. We've, we've had a Sebastian." Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah it was just it, it was incredible and to see it was interesting actually emotional emotional uh the emotions were you know I didn't cry um I I don't think I was too exhausted to cry or to I possibly a bit in shock because suddenly it was like oh yeah I've, I've just achieved everything I've been working up to which was having a, a home natural birth and blah 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 um now I've got a baby to take care of. <laughs> oh, <crap. laughs> I've not thought about this bit. <laughs> um, so I think I was possibly a bit in, in, in awe. Um, mm. But yeah, my husband was definitely, and I'm sure he won't mind saying me saying, he, he, he did cry. Um, yeah. And every time he looked over at us, it was just tears. Basically. Oh, tears of amazing. joy. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. amazing, amazing. So sort of looking back, I mean, it sounds, you know, it sounds to me like even, you know, you think of your birth now and it's this really kind of amazing event that completely fires you up even even now. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, you know, I don't know, to other women kind of, you know, preparing or you know mm. with birth looming what what would you be saying to them how how you know what else can you I mean you've shared so much about your journey but is, mm. is there anything else that maybe you feel you haven't shared that might be worth sort of that would uh, help somebody I think for me it really is about just trusting your body this is what we've been designed for basically mm. this is not what we well what we've been put on earth for is it sounds a little bit to you know take it easy believe in yourself and and take it easy and don't let doubt creep in yeah because the moment doubt creeps in that's when that's when things start going other ways you know um and i know that even you know parallel of of mountain biking i know that the moment i doubt myself on my bike i'm i'm likely to come off it i'm likely to to you know the moment i go oh this is a bit scary that's when things might go a bit wrong um so i think if you're able to keep doubt out of your mind and it it is it's not easy Mm. But I think that's something that all along I did, I had no doubt that I could do mm, it. Mm. No doubt. And it's about staying in the zone, isn't it? Staying present. Like when you're biking down a mountain yes. really quickly, you're not thinking about where you're going to turn. You, you're literally just doing it in the moment. Yes. And I think yeah. birth is the same. If you just stay in the moment. Yeah, don't think ahead. Yeah. 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 There's no, you know, and, and I didn't. I didn't think of yeah. the end line or what might happen next or, or anything like that. Yeah, it's it's definitely being, being present in the moment and... Yeah. and and, and just not, being yeah just being there i know it sounds yeah it sounds, sounds corny i know but it's just so true it's just so true <laughs> yeah um and i think again i i you know i had amazing support from mm. from from midwives and my partner from my mum yeah. um yeah. there were some people who who doubted you know the whole first first baby first birth at home but well you know i did it mm. so there <laughs> 
good for you. Well, Lucy, thank you so much for sharing your pregnancy journey, the miscarriage stuff, your birth experience. It's all just been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No problem at all. Thanks for, uh, for letting me share. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Lucy sharing her positive birth story. Now, during our chat, she did mention that she was using some apps during her labour to measure the contractions. So I did ask her about apps because she is the managing director of an app company after all. So I thought that this would be entirely relevant to ask her such a question. And she's come back to me and said that the app that she used to count her contractions was called full term. And then she said she also started using Baby Connect when he was born to record feeds, nappy changes, sleep. And she says she still uses it today, but mainly to record sleep. Now, Baby Connect is one that I was a huge fan of and I used it for both of my babies and it really helped me to track things like milk, sleep, which boob you're breastfeeding from or what you did last so you can remember because who can remember remember that kind of stuff, right? And all sorts, you can measure weight and all that kind of stuff, injections at the doctor. So I found it invaluable to use when I was, uh, when my little newborns arrived into the world. So those are the apps that Lucy was using. So I hope that you find that useful in some way. Now, Lucy is a member of the Fear Free Childbirth Facebook community. So if you did want to answer any questions, I'm sure that she wouldn't mind answering a few of your questions if you did have anything you wanted to ask her after listening to her birth story. She's always diving in, taking part in chats anyway. So do come and join us in the Fear Free Childbirth Facebook community. Um, If you want to get an invite, then just sign up for the community at the homepage of fearfreechildbirth.com and you'll be let right in. We'd love to have you there. Okay, that's it for this week. Until next time, bye for now. You've just been listening to me, Alexia Leachman, here on the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, this is just a wee reminder that if you'd like to listen to bonus podcast episodes and have access to loads of birth preparation downloads, my video mini-series on reducing your fears and so much more, then join the Fearless Mamership community today. You can join at fearfreechildbirth.com. Until next time, bye for now.